Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. sitting in my spot. Yeah. Just push her. She has to learn her place in the pack. Come here. Hi folks, I'm Tim. And I'm Dustin. And this is Apocalypse Now. It is. And it is also the return of The Walking Dead. It is. It is the mid-season... I hate this. Yeah. Okay. The mid-season premiere... Of whatever season we're on, 9 or 40 <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and... Hey, I heard we did a podcast last week. We did. I have legitimately no re recollection of that podcast. We reviewed uh, Disney Zombies. I, re I, I, you know, it's funny, like, um, the kids had snow days for the first half of this uh -huh, week yeah. first four days of this week yeah for no for no reason actually well except for, for one day very little reason there was supposed to be an ice apocalypse and there was actually a an an, an ice it was nothing. slushy it was slushy it was yeah and foggy and cold and you know trinaya was explaining to somebody the, the babysitter on like wednesday or thursday what zombies was about mm -hmm. and she was like it was racism and segregation. And it was just really funny to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, like, she got, she actually, like, because she obviously didn't listen to this. Right, no question. Horrible, horrible thing that we did to each other. But <laughs> <laughs> it was your idea. It was my idea. Um, we know who to blame. It's you. <laughs> it was me. It was me. Maisie knows. Maisie's like, I'm a dog. Maisie's, Maisie's a dog. I'm a dog and I don't have to worry about such things. So anyway, yeah, so it was just funny that she like was like, like, I was all about racism. I, I understand well, that. Well, it wasn't subtle. No, it wasn't subtle at It was all. not subtle. Uh, folks, if you haven't heard last week's episode of Zompocalypse Now, where we did talk about Disney zombies, it is available on iTunes and podcast.com. And apparently I've got to go back and listen to it because I legitimately have no recollection of what I may or may not have said. And you can find it on Facebook. Um, I did not post it to Twitter this week, and I need to do better on that. I will take care of that as well. Oh, yeah. We're going to tweet at all those moronic teens. So I guess we should, you know, discuss what we experienced on this episode of The Walking yes, Dead? Yes, on this episode of The Walking Dead. Yes, well, interestingly enough, I have to say that for all the kind of joking you and I were doing before the episode aired mm -hmm. about Carl's just going to, like, linger on for, like, multiple episodes. <laughs> and... Well, it wasn't just us who, like, there was legitimate talk on blogs and stuff about, like, how many episodes are they going to drag out right. Carl's death? Like, some people, like, I think io9 said that they they didn't think it was going to be less than three episodes of Carl, like, lingering and coughing and, like, sweating and, you know. But they killed, they killed that kid. Uh, tonight's episode was an hour and a half long, mm -hmm. or in in real terms, what about? Uh, about a legitimate hour. About a legitimate hour, yeah. And um, basically there are... There's essentially two storylines here. Right. There's 
the survivors uh, in underground. Yes. Who you know, Carl and and Rick and Michonne, Daryl, uh, Judith, um, you know, the folks who who survived the attack on the town, and then you have uh, Ezekiel, <coughs> Carol, Carol, and Morgan. Yeah. And those are the two primary plot lines, and they counterpoint each other. One is about the, the the quick and dirty version is one is about well it's about vengeance mm -hmm. and and obsession the need to do the thing mm -hmm. and at the same time the stuff dealing with Carl and and Rick and Michonne is in some ways also about doing the thing the, yeah. you know, you know, the thing you have the the thing you are compelled to do but one is about the positive and one is about the the, you know, the 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 more positive way of looking at things, and one is about the darker impulses yeah. we have, the desire to destroy versus the desire to create. And for a show that does a really really good job of giving us writing that makes me want to reach into the television and slap slap a writer. Yeah, uh, this actually was very well done. Right. Which which one do you want to do first? Um. Well, I don't know. I think they both have a lot of... They both carry a lot of weight. Yeah, which is semi-ironic for this show. Yeah. Like... They are really good about having a very, very solid A story and then a B story, or, a, or maybe a B and a C story, and you're mm -hmm. going, why are these here? Yeah. What is this? What is the point of this? You know, why can't we spend more time... Or, or your B story is really, really good. Mm -hmm. and you're like, why am I spending time with the A story? Right. Shut up and get back to the B story. Um, here it was... I think, I think this was, you know, it's obviously a legitimate... Uh, attempt to con contrast the two. Yeah. And so they're weighted about the same. I'm going to I'm going to say that if we we did a minute count or something, there would be more with Carl. Right. Well, that, you know, Chandler Riggs is one of the last four from the original cast. Yes, and while we can definitely say and we've said this before that he has been given better material to work with over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. This was some of the finest stuff they gave him to work with. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, really, really easy when you have a scene like this to go, you know, well, well, you know, it's their last episode. Spoiler alert, it's Carl dies. It's really, really easy for you to sit there and say, and they finally gave him some really good... No, but this was actually legitimately good yeah. stuff. And he had a legitimately good performance. And he had good material to work with. When you consider where he can... Well, you know, because we've seen Chandler Riggs as Carl since Chandler Riggs was eight years old. Yeah. So we have got to watch him progress as an actor. And mm -hmm. there were some times <laughs> where we would sit here and we'd sit around and go, this kid is not good. Like this is, but he did such a good job this episode. Like I think that he's really like the fact that he has been able to be in the presence of actors like Andrew Lincoln and Lenny James just you know some of these other you know her name's flown away but the woman who plays michonne and melissa mcbride and melissa mcbride and norman reedus all of these people are legitimately good actors oh, who, yeah. who have at times had to struggle through some through some very bad material on this show <laughs> yeah, that's very true uh but have always done their best like i think that you can see the fact that this kid has gotten a real education from these actors well and i think it 
It's a tough thing when you're a child actor. Mm -hmm. um, being an actor is a tough job. I've acted on stage before. You've acted before. We, you know, we've learning dialogue and delivering dialogue is a skill, mm -hmm. and it is not something that everyone can do. It doesn't make you a bad person if you're not a good actor, um, but it does make it noticeable when you're on a TV show or mm -hmm. a movie, uh, and some people just are not actors. And right. Some of them have people been paid very large sums of money to not be actors, but you know there are some really fantastic child actors who did not turn into great adult actors, um, mm -hmm. and some really fantastic child actors who, of course, did. But no, he um, he's he he holds he's held his own most of this season mm -hmm. and and most of last season too. There's been some bumpy spots, but um, no, I mean here. You know, here he really gets to dig it, and I guess that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Carl stuff first because mm -hmm. we already are. So, right. so if you, you know, last episode we found out that Tar that Carl had been bit. Right, and he bit was bitten when he went to save Sadiq in the woods because right. you know, Carl decided that Rick was wrong, that Rick should not have run that guy off that they saw at the gas station, and so Carl decided to go back and go out and find him, and he did, and it turned out to be Sadiq, who I have decided is the most beautiful man on this show. Uh, because, uh, basically... Somewhere there's a fine young cannibal whose heart just broke. Well, he's not on the show anymore, he's is he? dead. Gareth is <laughs> gone. He's immortalized him and Carol... And and Beth are up on my shelf. I'm just saying that somewhere he felt a little tiny piece of his heart right. just breaking. But the I think maybe it also might have been he his face is perfect for sewer lighting. Like <laughs> it was there was a moment we're watching and he like turned his face a certain way and it was like, Oh my gosh, look at the angles, look at the, the his his it was perfect. Like beautiful. Well, it, it didn't hurt that he was delivering a legitimately yeah. uh, powerful piece of dialogue from yeah. a character who is in this episode for realistically about a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Carl went to go save Sadiq. They were attacked by walkers, and I remember watching the episode of uh, Fear the Walking Dead, or not Fear the Walking Dead, Talking Dead after this, and they had uh, like Greg and Katara on, and they were like, we were legitimately shocked that people did not see, because Chandler Riggs what when he saw the dailies of that I was like you can see me be bit in this scene because mm -hmm. they show it like and then they recap they re kind of re redid it from another angle in this episode to show that he was bit but like people and I remember watching that episode I'm like oh my gosh look really looked like he was about to get bit there yeah and we were like wow he should have been bit in that scene. Yeah, and he turns out that he <laughs> actually had had been bit in that scene. That'll teach us to be snarky. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, it won't. Um, and he, it kind of shows, kind of goes back to that day and shows that he gets Sadiq back and, like, puts him, sets him up in the sewers, like, just so I can talk to my dad. Mm -hmm. Turns out dad and Michonne and everybody are gone. And uh, so... Carl gets this idea from Michonne leaving a note saying, I'll be back. Gotta go check on the saviors. I'll be right back. Decides to write some letters, takes a shower, cleans up his bite, patches it up, writes some notes to everybody just in case they don't get back in time, mm -hmm. uh, plays with Judith. It's 
super touching and emotional. It's an interesting sequence because we actually watch him just deal with the fact that he's been bit. Yeah. Alone. Mm -hmm. There's no one there. there. There's people there he could talk to, but there's no one there he wants to talk to. Yeah. He wants to talk to his family. Right. And they're not there. And it's, you know, he has, I think, like two lines of dialogue, you know, talking, talking... To one of the guys. Yeah, and... That guy that Carol kissed that one time. Right. And that's it. And mm -hmm. the rest of the time, you're just watching him deal right. with what is happening. And his knowledge that there is nothing that's going to stop this. Right. He's dead. He... And he is a teenage boy mm -hmm. going, my life is over. Right. And it's and it, really and it, well you done. You know, it, it changes the lens for some of the interactions that he had over the course of that day because remember he talked to Negan and was like if you got to kill somebody kill me mm -hmm. and he even said to him I'm dead anyway right and yeah. you know at that time you don't realize that what he's talking about but you remember now you can look back on some of that stuff and realize you know be, you know he dealt with this in a very strong way I think well and you also watch him toward the tail end of that episode really starting to slow down mm-hmm and it's, I mean, there's so much stuff that's been going on in the course of that episode. And he puts himself physically through some punishment in the course of that episode. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not that, it's, it's starting to affect him. Right. He's, you know, he's starting the process. And I'm really glad turning. that they, they didn't um, focus on the action sets that he did on that, on that last little bit. That he focused on... They focused on like the human parts, like him, him playing with Judith and taking pictures with her and doing that handprint, taking mm -hmm. handprints and paint, and you know, instead of the you know the action stuff that he had to do, uh, because I don't think we needed that rehashed. I think we needed to real remember, you know, this kid. He was just a kid. And he mm -hmm. was, and you know, it was very, like, really touching to kind of see that. Well, and it also kind of figures into the whole larger message that Carl's been trying to get across to Rick all season long. Mm -hmm. um, which I guess we're on episode, what, eight? So all season long is not that long. But he's he's got that... He's come to realize that the cycle of violence is just... It can't always go on like this. Right. And for, for someone who... And he references it tonight. He talks about the fact that he killed someone he didn't have to kill. He, right. He straight up murdered someone um, back at the prison. He shot another kid. And he talks about that. And and at the time, I remember you and I going, he just straight up murdered that kid. Yeah. His kid is a sociopath. Right. And I think you can go back to our written reviews and read us saying, yeah. like, Carl is becoming a crazy. Like, Carl is going to be crazy. And they did a really good job, I have to say, for all the, for all the criticism we can give the show's writing, legitimate criticism about the mm -hmm. writing in the show sometimes, the arc, the overall arc of Carl coming to this point where he is looking at his father and he's saying, you cannot be the killer all the time. Mm -hmm. There has to be an after. The farmer has to be there. You cannot, you cannot stop thinking at, I kill them all. Right. What comes next? And the funny thing is, is that this is the same conversations Jesus is having with Maggie up at the hilltop. Right. Yeah. Uh, almost word for word. And that when they when they finally come together, 
I feel like now, like we've been wondering where Rick is going to fall on the spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, because at this time Maggie is very, is very. Oh, we're going to kill them all to the point where, you know, I'm going to kill them and leave them in boxes, uh, and you know, I think, and but I think that now we've got Michonne. Hopefully, we'll have Michonne and Rick more on the side of let's, you know, yes, this war has to be fought, but. You know, there's hundreds of people in on both sides who are going to have to now live with each other when this, what, no matter what, right. when this war is over. Well, and 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 we we also learned that the the uh, um, the fantasy, the flash forward mm-hmm. of a happier time, was something that Carl was thinking about as he was succumbing to his bite. So we're seeing we're seeing Rick day. with the beard. We're seeing yeah. Rick with a limp. We're seeing Judith older. We're seeing uh, Eugene back with the mm-hmm. uh, the community building and you know building up, creating new Alexandria. Uh, you know, living in peace with the saviors. And this is the vision that Carl is trying to get across to Rick. Right. Um, and in the course of all of this, we basically you know they're still trapped underground, Alexandria and. The saviors are still attacking the town, mm-hmm. um, and there's discussions of what to do next and how they get out, uh, and where they're going to go. And, and basically, they decide to just bide their time because they're going to finish burning the place down. Right. So, but all this stuff is kind of it's setting. It's it's not it's not the critical part of, yeah. of what's happening here. And to some degree, I mean, there's some funny bits where we we did kind of point and, and giggle a little bit with where Daryl keeps you know got Judith and we're like Rick <laughs> take your child yeah well there's a minute like because because Daryl like when when the shelling eventually stops mm-hmm. Daryl gives Rick over to Judith like here take your child so I can go and make sure that it's safe to leave and then later uh uh after Daryl and, and Sadiq and a couple of other people have had their moment to say goodbye to Carl uh, and Judith. He says, uh, and they play this in the the preview trailer that they've been doing. Mm-hmm. They play it like Carl is saying this to Rick, and it really was very effective. I'm I'm discovering as we're talking about this that I'm much more emotional about Carl dying than I expected to be. Mm. Um, like when he was saying, he was not talking to Rick. And I love this because he said, he goes back to when Lori died and says that Lori told him that he was going to survive this world. He was going to find a way to make his way in this world. Mm -hmm. And he did not do that. He's saying this to Judith, but that she will. He has faith that she will conquer this world. And that, and a later scene where Carl says to Michonne, you're my best friend, and she says it back. Like, I'm sitting on the couch. At that moment, I was just like, oh, no. No. And now I'm actually having this this very <laughs> visceral, emotional reaction to that. Well, it's, you know, you know that, that, that scene there with Michonne where she says, he says, you're my best friend, and she tears up. Well, she's already teared up. They're all teared they're up. They're all cracked. But he, she's like... It's, you know, the face contorting. Mm-hmm. Nobody cries pretty. I don't care how good looking. She's mm-hmm. a beautiful woman. And she cannot, no, she does not pretty cry. And her face just contorts in that pain. And she says, you're mine. Mm-hmm. And she leaves this, you're mine. That was not just. 
Here in Baltimore, we're crying. I know, we're tearing up here. This is insane. <laughs> we're crying up. No, Over but, the walking dead. But the thing is, it's, it's actually really, really good. It's very good. And this is one of those things that just makes me so angry about the way, like, that our award shows treat genre shows. Oh, yeah. Because... Oh, yeah, none, of these, none of these people are going to get nominated for anything. No, award show. there's no way that, like, that, that Chandler Riggs is going to get best supporting actor for this season of The Walking Dead when legitimately and legitimately they should like like I think that Melissa McBride should have been been nominated for best supporting oh, actors for the last three years in a row. Well I mean you know you don't you know the Brit British television mm -hmm. includes their genre TV and their awards. Yeah. Uh, which is always nice. But yeah we need we need that here because you're not gonna get it. But what, what that thing with Michonne where she leans in and says, you're mine, she's not just talking about, yeah. uh, you're my best friend. It's, uh, yeah, Danae, this is Danae, why we can't, Danae Guerrera. This is Danae why we can Guerra. never remember her name because it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, we're super white. Danae, Danae Guerrera. It's the problem. It's where that's, that, I'll just go ahead and say it. We are super white. <laughs> she's dudes. an amazing actress. She's an amazing actress. Yeah. And. and didn't she wrote something that was just on Broadway and like? Oh yeah, no, she's we're, yeah. and we're terrible. She's like, like a multi-talented. We know. can say Norman Reedus, but we're gonna butcher to die. Well, it's because Norman, Norman Reedus is like, I mean, Norman is like the one of the whitest of white names. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's just face it. But no, I mean, she's yeah. It's there's so much going on in that scene where these characters you believe. That they're a family. Mm -hmm. It's so played, played it, so well. And it reminds you in those moments when when Michonne and Carl are talking that that, that was her first connection to this group. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, she and Andrea were together for a while, but they were together separately from right. yeah. the rest of the group. The when she started connecting to the larger group. It was through Carl. Yes, yes. It was through her relationship with Carl. And she became part of that family mm -hmm. through her relationship with Carl. She, you know, this, you know, that was, that was where she became, you know, close enough to them to, to move into that house and eventually start that relationship with Rick. Yeah. It was all through Carl. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and not only that, you have... For a character that we... And we were concerned about this coming into this episode. Mm -hmm. How Rick was going to react to this. What he was going to do. Yeah. And he does exactly what... He listened. Mm -hmm. He listened to Carl. Carl is telling him what he wants. He's telling him what he can see. Mm -hmm. He's telling him, you know, how he looked at what his father did at the prison and how he became more than a man with a gun. Mm-hmm. And how he can bring that back, and and the future that he can envision for, for Rick and for for Michonne and for Judith and for his family, his extended family. And Rick listens, mm. and I wasn't sure he was going to because yeah. the writers every now and again, or a lot more accurately, want to boomerang Rick mm -hmm. from psycho killer. To... It's a huge pendulum swing. Oh, yeah. There is no middle ground. It's either the farm, it's either the farmer or the murderer, and there's almost no middle ground. And it's like he decides, 
I have to be this for reasons. Mm-hmm. And like, like I think honestly, this this time that we've had with him in this war has been the most level-headed middle ground that we've had with him. Well, because he can't do, he can't just be one here. Mm-hmm. He either has to, he has to be a leader of a town, um, which involves, which is the farmer, mm-hmm. which is the, the the person, you know, the organizer, the person who who keeps people together, who, yeah. who makes plans, or the killer, which is the guy who just goes in there and kills everybody. Right. And you have to be both. And to be to fight a war, you have to <laughs> to fight a real to, to really yeah. fight a war. And you're looking at when you look at the 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 kind of fight this is versus the kind of fights they've had before. It's not the same as going up against the governor. It's mm-hmm. not the same against going up against Terminus um, or right. the various people. Or fighting with, uh, or like the fights that he was having at the very beginning of uh, of being in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a different kind of thing he has to do. But he's listening here. I mean, Carl is, Carl is painting him a picture that he's asking his father to believe in too. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, that, that plays across mm-hmm. Andrew Lincoln's face beautifully. And he, even at the, by the end, he's saying, I, you know, I will, I will make this happen for you. I've been, everything I've ever done has been for you and I will make this happen for you. Yeah. While this all this is going on, the rest of them, the rest of everybody who's in the underground leaves and yeah. goes off. They're they going off to Hilltop. Back. They're going to go to Hilltop. And they say, "Well, come on, be with you. Carl can't. He's not going to make it if we try and move him. So mm-hmm. we're going to stay here and we'll catch up." And they take him out of uh, out of the tunnels mm-hmm. and up and up to the surface. And parts of the town are burning. Right. They're, we're going to come over to this house. And he's like, "Guys, I am dying here. Yeah. I am not going to make it wherever you want to take me. No." And they're like, okay, so they take him, and on one hand, this is incredibly manipulative, visually. Oh, yeah. They take him to a church. They take him to the chapel. But on the other hand, it's so it's, pretty. It's shot so it's well. It's a beautiful... Because so you've got the stained glass, and you've got the light coming and in from the fire. And the it's broken, and the fire, and there's, there's like six different places where like beautiful beams of light are coming and hitting in just the right places. Oh, it's gorgeous. And... It's, it's, it's so manufactured. Mm-hmm. But it works. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna on one hand. But here's ultimate ability. Okay, on the other hand, here's but it looks the so good. Thing here's the thing, the only people who are gonna notice that are people like us who have watched lighting people have had to. Well, me no. You are one of those people that like because you're a set sets and lights and and yeah. directing and all that stuff. So you're right up in there with them like. Angling every light to the la- to the to the last perceptible milli- millimeter, <laughs> while I am standing over next to craft services with the makeup girl going, "When is it gonna be done doing this?" <laughs> and then we can go and look. Oh yeah, it's real pretty. Like you know. So the only people that are not are gonna realize that they have they have maximized lighting for the most emotional thing because it's such good lighting oh it's beautiful beautiful. you cannot not notice it but most people are only going to notice it on that level of now i'm feeling very emotional in this moment it's i mean it's it's an art form and they really really do a good job there's some some of those shots 
are pretty much they should be stills mm -hmm. they should be photographs that they're used that for them probably will be yeah i mean i, I in fact i'm gonna have to go to the walking dead uh, uh the, go to the press site mm -hmm. and see if, see what if those pictures show up in in their press yeah kits because i should pull those uh but yeah no it's really it's beautifully done and that's where carl that's where carl yeah. makes his final stand really and he yeah greg nicotero did such a good job he, directing this episode he reaches down he unclips the gun and and rick's like no 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 and carl's like he looks at him, he goes i have to do this it has mm -hmm. to be me and he goes if it can't if he goes if i can't do it then then yes one of you, you know, I need someone to, who loves me to do it. But he goes, I th it needs to be me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's gotten the promise from Rick. He's gotten the promise from Michonne that she be strong for Rick and for Judah. Yeah. And then we see the outside of the church. Mm -hmm. And the fire, It's day. the day has come. And the fires are out. Right. And you hear from inside the church... The pop. And it's a silenced shot. It's mm -hmm. not a... And I thought it was a really interesting choice that they went ahead and went with, you know, the silenced gun. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a... It's, it doesn't have... It doesn't have the power, the, the oral, you know, the sound yeah. power of, of regular fire, the shot, shot, uh, regular gunshot. But it's just as powerful um, emotionally because you see the two of you yeah. see Rick and Michonne. Rick's already got, Rick's already sitting down, but Michonne's knees start to buckle, mm -hmm. and and you know Rick starts. You know it's really really well done, right? Um, and they bury him, and that's kind of it for that. There's a couple of. Uh, there's a moment where we see Carl's fantasy mm -hmm. and there, uh, Judith wandering through some crop fields to find Negan tending crops. Which in, in the vision that Carl had for the future, you, you put aside the enmities and your enemies became mm -hmm. your friends. Now in the comic book, Negan becomes an ally of sorts. Right. Uh, after the war, after he becomes a prisoner and then he becomes an ally. Um, what they do with the show, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that that's going to be where well, they're going to go. Well, it's not going to be as uh, fluffy bunnies as Carl's vision no, no, is. No. Because Eugene is there and, you know, I just, just can't with Eugene. I just can't. Well, you know, Eugene did do a couple of things at the uh, end of the time to, to make the, things a little easier for people to escape. The way talks but... about apples just makes me want to kill him. <laughs> well, that's there's the that. downside of this ep that if, there, if I can point to any anything that I disliked about this episode is Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene's even appearance that, was unnecessary. Even that moment, and I have, have had some really bad reactions to the way that Negan is portrayed mm -hmm. on this show. But even that moment, because here comes Judith wandering up the aisle, and, and then she's walking towards somebody's back, and it stands up, and it's Negan, and he says, well, hi, darling. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, all of those, like, you, it's just it's really good. And <laughs> Jeffrey Dude Morgan, who you, you know, 
oh, I guess I guess people love him doing Negan. I've I've really almost never liked the way that Negan has been done. They do it, you know, because oh gosh, you're supposed to hate him. I guess. Right, yeah. I guess you're supposed to hate him, and I just do. But <laughs> but at the same time, like some people just love him, and like I've never. I, I, I'm just gonna babble for a second because you know whatever. Fuck that. Anyway. But then it cuts, I guess, to... Because remember, we've also, whenever we've gotten this um, vision, this vision of this utopic future, we've also gotten a vision of Rick bloodied and, and pale and mm -hmm. sweating in this forest setting. That's right. always come with this vision. And so, essentially, the episode ends with... Rick sitting in this forest setting with these stained glass windows up against a tree and it's pulled back for the first time to show that he has some sort of wound right. on his side bleeding very badly in the exact same spot where Carl was bitten. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was very interesting. Now, I am really suspicious in thinking that, you know, we're going to get... I would be very suspicious to think that Rick is going to die in the same season. Um, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say I'm going to well, be doubtful. Well, they always said that that this show... Well, the, well this show is, is built in a way almost like ER was built. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we said it earlier. Of the cast that started this show... The only ones now that are left are Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, and Melissa McBride. Right. Of the of the original cast, those are the only ones that are left. Everyone else has come on. I mean, yes, Maggie came on in season two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. No. You could the show could survive without Rick. It could. You could continue the story of, of mm -hmm. this group of people and and what they do with the future. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think we're gonna have Rick die. No. But it's but it's meant to give you that sense of, of... it's a possibility. Yeah. Um. So, as a counterpoint to all this kind of beautiful emotional work that's being done with Carl and Rick and Michonne, uh, we have another episode of of Die Hard starring Carol. <laughs> Uh, Carol and Morgan. Carrie, Carol Pettifer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Because they get... Carol gets the um, kingdom's residence to her house. Right. Well, she gets them almost to her house. She goes, it's just over the ridge. Yeah. The, they, they don't know it's there. You'll be safe until I come back for you. Yeah. And little blonde... Henry. His name is Henry, and he's the worst. So Henry is the younger brother... Of little Billy. Of little Billy, who, of course, got killed. And died in Carol's house. So. And so, basically, he's, you know, he, he wants to become a fighter. Right. He, he, wants, he wants to be part of the, the fight. He wants to help go save Ezekiel. And Carol says, under no uncertain terms are you to do that. And the lady in the hijab is there, and she says, she makes it look like, don't worry, I've got little Henry by the scruff of the neck. And so, Carol runs off to go go rescue Ezekiel, Meanwhile, uh, Morgan has gone towards the kingdom, too, because he knows that 
bad stuff's going down because he was at the Savior's place when they all escaped. Um, And so he gets to the kingdom and he's gulking around and he sees Henry running around. Yeah, because, and every time we have seen Henry this episode, uh, you and I have looked at each other and said, well, he's going to die. Yeah. And so Henry, so Ezekiel, so Morgan sees Henry, and he's just about to go chasing after him, and Carol pops up and taps him on the shoulder and is like, hi, we're here, we're going to save Ezekiel now. And and he goes, did you just see Henry? And she's like, I told that little <laughs> bastard to stay in the house. And, yeah, no and so they're like, we'll have to deal with that shit later. Because that kid, we do not have time to hunt him down. Don't have time. We have to. We have to decide how we're gonna. And so, basically, they are like, "All right, we are gonna get as far as we can on stealth mode and only kill the people we have to kill to get Ezekiel out." Right. Well, because because they, while there are not enough people to guard the entire place, so they were able to get in with it relatively easily. The, there are still a lot of people to fight. Yeah. So it's not like they can just waltz in and, and get Ezekiel back. There's probably 10 or 12 guys. Enough. Along with that one guy whose name, it doesn't matter, uh, who's been like the handler of the kingdom. And meanwhile, him and Ezekiel are having this very philosophical conversation about like who's going who's gonna to come out of this on top. And that guy, whose name I don't remember and don't, it doesn't matter, is like, you, we had a good working relationship. This could have, could have really worked out. And Ezekiel is like, yeah, but it couldn't have lasted long. We were always heading, Gavin, is that his name? We were always Mm -hmm. heading here, is essentially what Ezekiel says. We were always on our way here. Well, and Gavin tries, Gavin's, Gavin's interesting character. We, of all the saviors... We have disliked Gavin. He's one of the ones we've disliked one of the of the least. Yeah. I mean, it, we he's not a like he's not likable. Right. But he's always been this kind of this is the way things are. Can we just try and make it work so that nobody has to get hurt? Right. He seems to have been reasonable, quote unquote, reasonable. Well, you know. But, so he's not, you know, for, the other ones have been so easy to just be, and he didn't do the whole swagger yeah. thing that so many of them try and, and He He do. had his own pattern and it was a little bit more friendly. Anyway, him and more and Ezekiel have been having this conversation about, you know, and, and Ezekiel is trying to convince him to change his mind. Don't, you don't have to take me back to the saviors, you don't have to kill me. You can end this part of this right now mm-hmm. and come over to our side. And Gavin's not having it. Gavin is... He's... He makes an argument for someone who is afraid to change. Mm-hmm. The status quo. Because he's afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much of what he's talking about is, do you know what will happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, this is... I this I will. There's no guarantee that I will be okay. Right. And there comes a point where where Ezekiel looks at him and says, "All this time, I've been saving your life." Yeah. And there's not anymore. Mm-hmm. And because basically, as they're having this conversation, Carol and, and Morgan have been working <laughs> through the town, just basically just going, tap tap tap. Hi there. Oh! 
Yeah, killing off guards. They kill. They kill probably half of the guards before Gavin gets on the radio and it's like, "Hey, what's taking you guys so long?" And realizes no one's answering. And I was really part of me really really wanted to hear Carol on the on the walkie-talkie going. <laughs> now I have a machine gun too. Oh, 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 I wanted that. Um, but, uh, you know, no such luck. No, the Die Hard doesn't exist in this universe. A lot of things, you know, a lot of fiction doesn't exist properly in this universe. So, anyway, Gavin pulls Ezekiel and uh, the remaining guards into Ezekiel's throne room. Right, which is, a, which is a theater. Right. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, there are lots of entrances to this building. Mm -hmm. And Gavin's like, Cover all the entrances, and I'm like, you guys don't have enough yeah, people. Yeah, you have seven guys. <laughs> you don't have enough people to cover the entrances. And they building. don't because Carol and Morgan burst in through the throne, basically, mm -hmm. like from behind stage, kill everybody. Right. And uh, they they first they shoot a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. One of the guys gets Morgan down, and he's been shot, so he's like desperate fighting here. He's on top of Morgan, and he's just mm -hmm. beating at him. And Morgan reaches into his stomach. He sticks his hand in the wound. Yeah, and just pulls out some some intestines. And at that point, I was like, oh, no, I did not. I did not need to see that. And it is brutal as hell. It and is. Gavin watches this happen. Yeah, well, yeah, because Gavin, Gavin has been wounded. He's been hit in the leg, and... And he's basically watching this happen, and he doesn't have the gun anymore. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel's gotten the gun, and he's, <laughs> Gavin's a little concerned about his well-being at this point, because <laughs> Cause it's, it's, this is after... Morgan gets up yeah, and, and starts coming for him, and it turns into, it legitimately turns into a Halloween movie at this point. Yeah. The un the you know the unstoppable slow moving killer. Uh, we're even to the point where where Morgan is trailing his stick, his death stick. Like Gavin is limping out into the you know li trying to limp out, and here comes and he's pulling the stick behind him through the sand. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just like it's like wait a minute, when did The Walking Dead become a horror show? <laughs> wait a minute. Um, but yeah, and, and Gavin's like, you're crazy. You, you, why would you do it like this? You have to be sick to want to do it like this. And it's like, have you guys met anybody yeah. on any side in this war? I mean, it's a, it's a really odd argument to hear from him. I mean, yes, he's begging for his life, but his, right. but his example of you'd have to be sick to want to do it like this. It's like, no, this is... I mean, yes, Morgan is... Because remember that Morgan does not want to be a killer. Right. He chose to kill again because of the necessity. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he's just like, you're in the way, you're going to die. He's not dwelling on it. He's not doing it. He hasn't been doing you know, it like he's been enjoying it. Right. It's been very matter-of-fact, very efficient. But this guy... This guy is responsible for a lot of people dying. Yeah. And Morgan doesn't feel the need to make it quick. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, Ezekiel and Carol catch up to Morgan before he kills Gavin. Mm -hmm. And they're standing there, and Ezekiel is saying, Ezekiel and Carol are both saying, 
you don't have to do this. This does not need to happen. We have him. We've killed everybody else. We can. This can now be. And again, I think now we have the. A lot of people are now coming around to the idea of this war is going to end and we are going to have to live with ourselves and with the people that survive it. Well, not only that, but this is going to be the worst punishment you can give to him mm -hmm. to show him, to, to let him live and see that what he's fighting for will not succeed. Right. And that we, that, that the world that he was part of is not the one that the, is going to yeah. be what's going to happen. And... It's really... And, and Morgan is, is kind of in this moment of like, I have to. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And Carol is like, you don't have to do this, and I can tell you don't want to do this. Morgan is such an interesting... Having him leave this show and go over to Fear the Walking Dead... Well, first of all, the quality of acting is going to improve on, over on Fear the Walking Dead mm -hmm. by having him there. But I'm really curious what they're going to do with him. Because I'm really curious about how they're going to do this because I've heard things like uh, like it's going to be that that it that it's going to involve him uh, being back, you know, with going his, back in time, yeah. going back in time. It'll be him and his son and his wife mm -hmm. and they will eventually again, like leave the show. Right. And, you know, to show that they have moved on to Atlanta, where they will then meet Rick. Uh, but then I've also heard that they're going to do essentially a time jump on Fear and make it... It's like the two shows will essentially become one show. Mm, just Okay, yeah. One show, two casts. Yeah. So the speculation of how this is going to go is kind of all over the place. Well, because what we're, I really wonder is because where Morgan is going to be when at this point, yeah. where Morgan, how Morgan ends up, because Morgan has gone so many different places emotionally. Mm -hmm. He's gone over the spectrum from pacifist, I mean like ultra pacifist, to I will burn down the world. Right. And don't get in my way. Uh, and it works. For, I mean, he, he it pulls it off. The performance mm -hmm. has been fun. Really, really great sometimes. Um, so I'm just really, really curious what they're going to do. So, yeah. So anyway, we don't ever get to figure it, find out what Morgan's decision is because Henry shows up and stabs Gavin through the back of the neck. Now, there are so many things about this that are grist for what The Walking Dead does well and what it doesn't do well. Right. You've had a child kill someone. Mm -hmm. You've had a set of circumstances where people who feel compelled to act by their emotional state, by their feeling of guilt, by their feeling of justice having to be done, their feeling of, you know, I must avenge my friend, husband, wife, lover, whatever. Um, there is a path that a lot of the characters in The Walking Dead have gone down, which is the I must do the thing mm -hmm. and it's become an obsession and rick's an example of this kind of where, when things have Everything, often gone yeah. awry right we could throw that dart yeah and anyone that we hit from the cast 
Well, it's because, yeah, that happened to them once. Right. And sometimes it's worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's been like, stop doing this. Stop, 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 stop. Right. The, 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 the path of obsession is what led us to love Carol the way we love her now. Right. When she went down, when she went down that I will survive, not only, not only will I survive, I will survive at any cost. Like that, that moment she had is what created this character that we love. But they also took her to a place where you the, the pros and cons of that kind of mindset played out beautifully in her mm-hmm. performance, and we've seen some of that uh, with Morgan. We've mm-hmm. seen when they've done when they've written Rick well. We've seen it there. Uh, we've seen it with a lot of the characters mm-hmm. in the show. It's they just did it super duper badly with Daryl in the first section of this season. Oh God, yes, yes, because because you know nobody at no point does anyone sit there and point out. You know, a lot of this could have been avoided if Daryl hadn't gone to, you know, the Savior's compound. But, but we must move on. Nobody's even <laughs> mentioned that yet. Like, like when they left, they they leave the ruins of Alexandria. I'm like, Daryl, <laughs> you know, you know, I did this, right? <laughs> almost none of this could have happened if I were to, you know. This is like kind of almost mostly all my fault. Um, so yeah, when when they do it wrong, it's not does not go well. So here you have this kid who is driven for the desire for revenge. Mm-hmm. He wants to avenge his brother. Um, and every time he's appeared, like in the last several episodes, it's like it's like Carl as a kid all over again. Stay in the house, Carl. Stay what? in the house, Henry. This is legit. And I guess maybe they might have actually done this as a bit of an homage to oh, that. Oh, no. That. Because that's legitimately the conversation they have. Carol tells him, Go to the house and stay there. Mm-hmm. He does not go to the house and stay there. He, in fact, goes to the place he is not supposed to be and messes everything up. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Hang on. Um, how does Shane die? Carl. Well, Rick kills him and then Carl re-kills him. Right. So we have a kid who won't stay in the house, who when faced off against... when. When a hero is about to make a decision to kill that he shouldn't make, he kills them instead. It's not exact. We've seen this story of thing parallel before. If that's unless, and I'm going to be here's here's the problem with this is that if you're bringing in this kind of dynamic and making a new character who kind of fits the mold of several of the characters that fit mm-hmm. in several points in the, in the run, we better they better keep this kid around and develop him properly. This just can't be like a one-off thing. Oh God, no! I hope it's a one-off thing. I hope that they just used it because it's a nice like tie back to who Carl used to be, and that we never see Henry again. <laughs> I would be real happy if like. Well, he's not. Again, this is not. A, this is an example of not a very great child actor. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's fine. A child. He's yeah. just a child. Um, but essentially. Um, Essentially, that's where it ends. It's, you have you have Ezekiel saying it's going to be okay, because the kid is the kid has got this shell shocked look on his face because he's never killed anyone before, mm-hmm. and he just stabbed a guy through the throat, mm-hmm. and he's just like I had to do it. And Ezekiel's like it's going to be okay. It will be resolved. It will be resolved. And Morgan's like, I wanted to stab him in the throat. I'm not sure how I feel right now, and and it's. Well, and the characters, I told you to stay in the house. <laughs> you were not supposed to be here. Well, and I think I think there's 
I think what, and I, I don't have a problem with this, I think we're going to see the, the idea that there are things you shouldn't have to do as a kid in this world. Mm -hmm. I think that we had that period where Rick was kind of like, oh no, you need to know how to kill as soon as you can hold a gun. Right. Because that's the world we live in. But that's not the world that Carl wants. And I think that, that Carol has gotten to that point where she doesn't want to make child warriors. And Morgan has gotten to the point where he doesn't want to kill, but if he, if there's going to be killing to be done, it should be him. Because he can do it. Mm -hmm. And he can do it clean and quick and, and you know efficiently. It's really interesting to see where these characters have gotten at this point. In, right. In, and I gotta gotta tell you, and I, I the episode ended, and we were like, that was really good. Yeah. You know, I can't say can't say it was a hate watching episode because no. I didn't hate it. We both welled up with tears. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> curse you, manipulative, well written story with yeah. fine performances from excellent actors. Curse you. Right. It's so much easier when we can just sit there and go, God, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yes, it was much easier to scream at 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 uh, at Daryl in the series or in the finale. Oh, jeez, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think this is a really, really solid place to come back to. Um, there is a lot that's going to happen here. The next mm -hmm. episode preview showed that Negan is not a happy camper. Mm -hmm. That things are going to be quite. Um, well, things are going to escalate, mm -hmm. and so it'll be interesting to see what takes us to the point where, where we find Rick leaning up against that tree with a wound, with a wound, and uh, where where we go from here. But yeah, really solid episode, very well done. Right, good. I wonder great send now. Off for Chandler Riggs. Yes, great send off for Chandler Riggs. So yeah, we'll see what happens with with where they go with this. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's a really interesting. It's an interesting place to be for all of the characters. I think mm -hmm. I think emotionally they're at an interesting spot with this war coming up. Uh, and I think that it actually, if they can maintain this level of writing, mm -hmm. I'd, there have been really good Rocky Dead episodes before. We've been like, that was really good. Oh, look, they broke it. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to see it continue to be the rest of the Well, then, I mean, because the next, the, the previews for the next one were like, Rick saying, you're next, into radios, so, you know. Well, I think there's something to be said for, we can't just expect Rick to go, you know, my son had a vision, let's be friends. It is going to be like, yeah, that's great. Well, we'll do that right after I murder, kill Negan to death. Right. Oh, I remember what I was wondering about. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, if now that they've killed off everybody at the kingdom, mm -hmm. if they're going to abandon that the way they abandoned <laughs> Probably. We've retaken back our, our the kingdom as our home. No. No. <laughs> they just, they're like Everybody, locusts. They yes. move from town to town they and build, move on. They built, you know, they burned, yes, they burned Alexandria's ground, but they're gone now. Well, see, the vision was was rebuilding in Alexandria. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. And, and in that vision, in that vision, uh, the kingdom still existed, so right. we'll see what happens. But yeah, good episode. Very, very good episode. If you, if you were not sure, if you've been putting, if you didn't watch this episode live, and or or 
you know, DVR it and get a chance to watch it, I would definitely check it out. I mean, it's a it's a walking yes. it episode that we could definitely we can both say was really really well done. And and there's a very cute puppy here on. Um, yeah. House. Yeah. So anyway, thank you folks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more of Zompocalypse Now. As always, you can find us on iTunes, podcast.com. Find us on Facebook. Become a fan of, the sh- of our page there. Uh, and let people know about the show if you enjoy it. We'd love to have you spread the word. Get more listeners. We like more listeners. That would right. be great. So thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week here on Zompocalypse Now. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2018, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.